0: welcome to the underground the steel city underground the black and gold standard for pittsburgh steelers coverage now here's your host joe kuzma and zach Celedonia. hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the steel city underground podcast my name's joe kuzma joined here on another um Monday morning quarterback edition of our show with the one Zach Flash Saladonia. Zach, I couldn't have said the word quarterback in Monday morning, probably any better. I'd ask how you are. I'm sure you're going to tell us. What's up, my dude? Uh,
1: I'm not great. I've definitely been better. Um, you know it's bad whenever you, uh, you put yourself in that Thanksgiving mindset. You know what I mean? When you're sitting there because your team just lost and you're going through the... Well, at least I have loving family and friends and dogs. And that's where I was yesterday. I was in the Thanksgiving mindset.
0: Oh, man. Uh, be thankful. Uh, you know what? That's a good... it's actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie because there's a lot of bitching. I understand the Steelers are two and two. That's what really matters. Wins and losses. When you get down to it, you don't have style points. I understand that Like maybe these, even the wins might not have been the prettiest. I didn't have a problem with the Raiders whatsoever, which just makes me question how good or bad the Raiders are. Brown's game was absolutely ugly. And then you get to the Steelers and Texans, 30 to six drubbing, which I guess the only thing we could really um, be thankful for is the Steelers are somehow still in second place in the AFC North through the first kind of quarter of football. You're through September now. And they scored the same amount of points that the Browns and Bengals did combined yesterday. Browns and Bengals only scoring three apiece in their games. Browns lose 28-3 to to the Baltimore Ravens. Tennessee Titans one-up the, uh, after a bad loss to the Browns themselves, one-up the Bengals and send them to one and three by a final score 27 to 3 So if there's any positives to take, yes, we know Joe Burrow's hurt. I don't know that the Bengals' defense is all that great. The Browns' defense tried to keep them in. I know Miles Garrett got dinged. I don't know what his status was. That will be something we're going to talk about a lot in this very game as well with the steelers and texans injuries 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 and injuries but before we get to all of that we were talking just uh here off the air like how are we gonna how are we gonna structure this show because i don't even have any plays of the week to put up for the website there are no highlights from this unless you want like a 51 yard punt or whatever from brad wing who hasn't kicked in the nfl since twenty december 2017. That's about it. And that's not very good, but let's go to probably the biggest, I think the biggest storyline or the biggest thing that happened with this game fourth and one, I think we agreed this was the, the big turning point for this one, because you know, the Texans at one point here, what went, went for it on like fourth down and then you're like, Hey, they didn't get it. And maybe something's going to turn around in this game. Right. Steelers um they had their second field goal midway through the third quarter it was about five minutes or so left, and they get a three and out after that. So it's sixteen to six, and you're like, hey, maybe this team can like finally pull off something here. You know, they're they're down ten points, they're still a quarter of football, they're running the ball a little bit better. Let's let's see what happens here. And you have fourth and one fourth and one. So you had third and eighteen. Let's let's rewind this a little bit. There was a fumble on first and 10 from Houston's 42. It was the fourth play of this drive. So the Steelers' defense, had actually forced a three and out. It's 16 to six. Steelers get the ball back. They're approaching midfield. Second at 18 from the 50. They get backed up a little bit. Finds George Pickens. Kenny Pickett does for 17 yards. Instead of just turning, going straight up the field, Adam Archuleta was on the call with the color. He was right just go and maybe you get it. I don't know. There was like five red jerseys surrounding him.
1: Yeah. If if we're going to give Deontay Johnson a hard time, every time he does that, we got to keep that energy for George Pickens. I know he's the prince that was promised to the city uh, in the receiver room, but that, that move had me screaming at my TV for sure, because it was like, yeah, I I agreed with Archuleta on the call. If he just would have went straight with his frame and his his run after the catch ability, that has been on display this year somewhat. He probably would have just got the first down, but he,
0: Hesitated, went back and didn't get it. Yeah, and that caused uh that caused some problems for the Steelers because now you go in a, a fourth and one decision where it really, if you're gonna are you gonna punt it from Houston's 33 you have a 51 yard uh field goal try, right? Or attempt. And I know a lot of people were questioning it, maybe. Brad Wing Not in the NFL since 2017. Are you going to have him go out there and hold the ball and all the mechanics? You're in a dome, but ultimately 16 to six, when are you going to score a freaking touchdown? You gotta get a touchdown at some point. fourth and one, you should be able to get in there. Philadelphia, they got the little tush-push thing that they do there. Other teams are mimicking this. We've seen the Steelers convert on these short yardage. They've been running the ball halfway decent to some point. I mean, Najee just went up the middle for 23 to start this first part of this drive. And then he had like a one-yard run. Jalen Warren was the one who lost lost the ball or uh, on the fumble that was recovered. So you take a timeout and the best that you could drum up was let's put kenny pickett in shotgun and i'm almost getting cringe cringe worthy here of anytime i see 83 Heath miller connor hayward on the field because then i'm like what are we going to do now to try and outsmart the opponent <laughs> that what are we going to do to get cute with this Are we going to hand him the ball again and he gets stopped because i mean if, if you're going to have as far as let's say runners zach is Hayward, like, he's not the top guy. He's not the second best guy. I would rather have Kenny run the ball, so he's not the third guy I would have in that option. Probably like yeah, I think I dude. think they
1: outsmart themselves with Connor yeah. Hayward. It's like Connor Hayward would work well on a lot of other teams, but he's too good of a tool for Matt Canada to understand how to use. It, it, it's <laughs> like he's like a six-year-old with a complex iPad, you know, like with, with without child locks on it. Like it's too much going on. And yeah, Najee was running well at that point. Why not just give it to him? Why not just run a QB sneak? I didn't have a problem with the call. I wanted them to go for it, actually, because yes. yeah, you got to score a touchdown. Eventually I realized if they hit the field goal, they have nine, they could get another touchdown or, or their first touchdown after that, and, and then tie it up with the Texans. But at the, during that point in the game, CJ Stroud was throwing it around the yard, not really having a problem on offense. Neither was their running game. So. It, for statement purposes, you want to score a touchdown. So I wanted them to go for it. I liked the decision to go for it. But I didn't like what's the call. It made no sense. Um, going shotgun on fourth and one. The Bears did the same thing in their game, actually. They were getting torn to shreds on Twitter. So I don't know how the Steelers one went unnoticed. Maybe I just didn't see much of it outside of Steeler fans bitching about it, and rightfully so. But he it's like Canada doesn't understand how to establish a flow um mm-hmm. there's no offensive flow. You have good things happen, one good thing happen and then three bad things happen. It's the classic you take one step forward, five steps back. That's how this offense always is. And they had converted a quarterback sneak earlier in the game. And I just they outsmarted themselves not only with the use of Connor Hayward during the play, um which there was no use, and the call itself was bad, a pass on 4th and 1. And then Kenny doing himself no favors, escaping the pocket way too early. Not needing to because uh, during the play, you could see it was Broderick Jones' man, number 52, who had who was killing us all day. This guy, he rushes up the field, and Broderick Jones actually does a good job of kind of sealing him off. You can see on the TV angle, you get the full flash of the 77. You see Broderick Jones' full frame because he's pushing the guy out of the play. But then Kenny rolls right into it, and absolutely kenny's to blame for that but the call was terrible as well and i think it's all it's all connected because kenny's lost entire his entire confidence and that's both in canada and in his offensive line because let's not act like the offensive line was playing good yesterday they couldn't block anybody they couldn't open up any lanes Najee had a run or two that was it and there's reasons why kenny is leaving the pocket like he does and I think it's because he just has no confidence, which isn't good. It's very concerning that he's uh, seemingly regressing. And the big part of that is his inability now to, to see the field properly and stay in the pocket with confidence. Like, yeah, Dan Moore was out, but that shouldn't affect how you feel about your protection. Broderick Jones and him are pretty much awash, and Jones has the higher ceiling. So have confidence in your offensive line and stay in the pocket and deliver a throw because they're probably... Would have been an open throw if he would have moved up in the pocket but there wasn't um but again tying it back to canada on the play call they didn't really give him a situation to to win in because they should have just ran the ball whether it's with him or uh one of the running backs
0: yeah i'm totally i'm totally with you on that the offensive line was that's why we put it in quotes on the topics bar offensive offensive <laughs> it was just it was bad dude um the play call there uh, Connor, and I just crapped on Connor, but Hayward, he he was open at the tail end of that drag route. He was open uh, if Kenny wasn't looking short with Allen Robinson for a touchdown at 1.2. And so Kenny's missing some of this. He's seeing ghosts. I'm trying to figure out who to blame, and I do blame the offensive line for being bad. Nick, uh, not Nick Herbig. I'm going to get them confused all the time now. Nate Herbig. Not exactly sharp. Mason Cole has not been good this year. It's one area where I'm already looking at next year. If you're not cleaning house, depending on who comes back with free agents and stuff, as to where your priority is, it's probably going to be a center at some point. I think if they want to go uh, through the draft pipeline, which is where the Steelers are more than likely to go, Uh, how much more capital are you going to invest in these different positions? I know some people were you know, praising sweet baby Jesus that, you know, I don't like to see anybody get injured, but we wanted to get Broderick Jones on the field. And we want to see, uh, you got to get him on the field. So then, oh, aha. And this, like you're forced to put him in there to see that he's the guy. I felt that that was coming eventually, just not in this first set of games before the bye week. You don't draft a guy 14th overall, trade up three spots to get him in the first round at a position like that to not play him. So eventually he's going to get there and we're going to get on some of the rookies too, but yeah, there's just, there was no continuity with this offensive line uh, whatsoever. Like Cole just hasn't been playing very well. That doesn't help Sumalo. Sumalo doesn't help Sumalo that Dan Moore is on his left side. Cole's on his right side. So bringing him in has been like, yeah. And, and he's been blocking air at some point too, because it looks like it. And then sometimes we don't know that might not be the assignment. It might be one of the other guys and it makes it look like, you know, Sumalo's left holding the bag there. Uh, james daniels obviously didn't play in this game chooks core for has had his problems it's like now, now you've got
1: yeah so now it's you've got, worse than last year
0: yeah and you've got kenny seeing some ghosts and kenny did some of this stuff and i you know i was thinking about too like in terms of this like i always blame mitch trubisky for having the happy feet and moving before he needs to and there was a comment made about that like kenny moves off his first Read and everything like that, man, he's been under duress like these first few games. And that's why, like, he's seeing some of these ghosts. So the ghosts weren't there as much yesterday, but he was getting shook. Um, this happens, you know, I'm not, I saw you on Twitter, dude. I'm not off of Kenny train whatsoever. Everybody's trying to be like, well, see, he's a bum. They should have got somebody else. Look what Brock Purdy did. And he was the last pick. Man, get out of here. We don't know Kenny's going to be let's get to not even september of next season let's get to december of next season three years through before we see it i mean look what aaron Rodgers presumably has already done with zach zach wilson's just garbage and all of a sudden zach wilson was playing as you know lights out uh in the sunday night game so you know and i'm kind of rooting for him i don't like to see any of these guys really fail especially you've got so much immense pressure especially where zach zach wilson where he was in a New York market, Kenny Pickett filling the shoes of big Ben Roethlisberger, a sure fi- fire Hall of Famer who like would always keep you in games. He was going to win. I mean, Ben gunslinged it around and stuff too. So, um, we're going to go yeah. to coaching when it comes to what the blame here in a second. But I wanted to jump over, um, unless you got something else about this offensive line because they've just been bad. Uh, should, no, I was just going to say fixed. yeah, Zach
1: was going through it. Uh, both Zach Wilson and me. Uh, yesterday (laughs) until Zach was given a chance, Wilson, not me to play well on Sunday night. And that was really cool to see. I'm rooting for him too. Is rooting for anybody really in the NFL who is left for dead and uh, is able to show that they can play. It's always cool to see. And um, the Steelers and Kenny are just in a really tough spot now because I, I was happy to hear that the injury is believed to be only a one to three week absence. So with a bye week sprinkled in there we will probably only be without kenny pickett for a game is what it sounds like right now i don't want to speculate too far on that yeah but it, if that injury had been worse you know kenny's played bad this year outside of the raiders game he's played bad you know you, mm-hmm. you can't get by just by making one or two throws a game and selling it off as improvement um i've been disappointed as anybody with how this year has gone for him He's gotten worse, not better. He's flashed at times, but it's just not enough. But I feel like the Steelers, the Steelers definitely have not seen enough. Because oh, no. if we've learned anything from being fans of them for so long and following what they do, they're not a knee-jerk type of organization. They've held on to Mac Canada for four. Se- this is his fourth season of mediocrity. So they haven't seen enough from Kenny yet. Because at times he's done well, and at times he's done bad. And this injury is just terrible timing because you're coming off a game last week where he looks good and a game yesterday where he looks bad. You, you want to see some consistency in his play, um, whether it be good or bad, honestly. You don't want to be stuck in this middle ground and left wondering, well, do we go to the well now and get a new quarterback or do we put more pieces around them? What do we do? First and foremost, I think you got to fix the offensive coordinator because that's the easiest fix you can make. Uh, you can't just go out and draft a quarterback. You can't get Caleb Williams tomorrow. The Steelers still have oh. 13, 14 games left. So you got Ew. Kenny. That's who, you're, that's who you're playing with. And you could replace Canada, though. If you want to make yeah. a fix, if you want to make a drastic change, if you want something that maybe improve, you got to get Canada the hell out of here, man. He's terrible. He has no idea how to construct an NFL offense. He's never even been good in college, okay? And he is ruining Kenny Pickett. A lot of it's on Kenny. But we're getting to a, a panic point here where we're going to be too far gone. Kenny's losing too much of his confidence. He's playing too bad. And you're, you're surviving on fumes here. There isn't much left to go off. of. If Kenny comes back and picks up where he left off, which was bad, then they're going to have to look for a new quarterback. But if he comes back from this injury and plays well and is able to stack off of the Raiders game again, then you got something there. But we are in... Uh, critical code red here with with the matt canada kenny pickett relationship it needs to be cut off otherwise they're going to risk totally ruining kenny pickett's career if it isn't already i hope it's not oh, yeah. because i still i still want to believe in the kid i've seen enough good to want to believe in him but yeah the, the the um turmoil is at an all-time high
0: it it drives me crazy too because the interceptions he's thrown on paper it's like oh this guy's throwing a bunch of picks and like like three of them have not been like, you know, that the one yesterday was like almost like a punt. And it was the only time they ever went deep too. And sorry, Kelvin Austin's five foot eight or whatever he is and just couldn't get up there. Uh, and, uh, and the other thing is Austin's fast, uh, so fast that the, maybe that ball just didn't get to where it needed to be compared to anybody else. But uh, I digress. I agree with all that. I got some more things to say about Canada here in a second, but he's not the only scapegoat here. How much of this do you lay on the defense? Because a lot. Oh, they <laughs> like they couldn't stop anything, and they haven't really stopped anything. And I'm I'm to the point, dude, where Terrell Austin, he's been at he was at Detroit, he was in Cincinnati. I'm trying to think where else he is. Where's he had a good defense either? And I think he's actually ruining quite a few people. Oh, you, you've got these studs that are winning like awards and leading the league and pressure and everything with tj Watt and alex highsmith and i know you're down cam hayward but somebody like there's been comments made like where's mika fitzpatrick been like there's some serious problems and you know i'm somewhat bothered maybe like is keanu neal so, there was a caller in on the post game show with charlie batch and i think craig wolfley stepped in uh yesterday for that too and i got something to say about that too because batch actually admittedly said he didn't see like part of the game at all like the third quarter where they actually had some decent offense. And then he's trying to answer questions. It's like, oh, please, please. And it's just, it was kind of ridiculous, but one of the callers, not only are they already talking about draft picks and Caleb Williams, like, Hey, we're only four games in, come on. This team isn't ready to tank. Uh, they're not going to have a fire sale and Omar Khan's not going to trade off a bunch of pieces or anything like that. But are not going
1: to get Caleb Williams. They're, they're, no. There's a, they're, as bad as the Steelers have looked this year, there's worse teams with more draft capital. More more money, more everything. Caleb Williams is a pipe dream. Like if you're, if they really have to get a quarterback, you're looking at guys like Michael Penix Jr. From Washington or Bo Nix or um, McCarthy from Michigan, maybe 32
0: years old before he gets in the NFL. I'm I'm just saying like
1: Caleb Williams is like, is so far, like it should not be on the minds of Steeler fans because that is as unrealistic as it gets.
0: And, and to add to that, It doesn't mean he's a fix. He could come to the pros and suck. Like it's happened with enough first round pick. I mean, is Bryce Young lighting everything on fire right now? No, like CJ Stroud had a pretty good. Here, I'm going to make a comparison for you. Do you believe that if Kenny Pickett were in, if they flipped spots yesterday, does CJ Stroud do any better with the Steelers offense than Kenny did? I don't think so. If you if you put Kenny Pickett in with the way Houston was play calling and playing against the Steelers defense, does Kenny do better? Absolutely. The um, situation
1: matters entirely, yeah. and that's a that's a bigger issue at hand here that I myself am more concerned for than I've ever been in my life, and that is the Steelers organization as a whole. For my whole life, they've been football royalty, but you see games like this now we've steadily gone from one or two games per year that are like what we saw yesterday to three or four to now it feels like a majority of our games are either us losing the whole time or we're able to we're able to win in the end somehow like it's so rare now that the Steelers have a convincing win and that is a, a huge issue like I, I, I love the whole the Steelers just win like that's great like getting the win at the end of the day is awesome but there's mm-hmm. There, there's something wrong with, with the, from the top down right now. And yeah, Kenny's a part of it because he's the quarterback. And um, I, I think that it, it goes beyond just Kenny. It's Canada. It's Tomlin. It's the Roonies. There There's an issue going on with the Steelers. And I can't tell anybody what it is. I can just say that it's infected the whole organization. At least that's what it feels like. You see the Texans and they're, they're running around fired up, like slapping each other on the head, like screaming the vibes are just different that the, we don't see the Steelers play like that. It's super rare that we see them play with that energy and, and that swag and that, and that like extra pep in their step, it just doesn't happen anymore. And I think it's because the players are starting to doubt coaching and they're starting to doubt higher ups because mm-hmm. that that's the most sense that I can make of it is that their energy is being like sucked from them because there's gotta be players on offense. Some on defense, I'm sure, that are just over-the-mat Canada experience, man. Our offense has been the same since Ben blew his elbow out. Since Duck and Mason Rudolph were calling the the shots, the offense has been like the same every year. It just hasn't gotten better. There's been no reason to believe that it's going to get better at this point. He, He doesn't know how to put route concepts together, as I've already said. He has a lot of guys that go out, stop, and come back to the ball. He's not using guys in motion down the field. He's doing a lot of stop, come back to the ball. And they have playmakers who can be utilized in such a better way. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Firing with Calvin Austin. These are good weapons, but Canada doesn't know what to do with them. He never uses play action which is crazy to me because play action always
0: works. Yeah, they did it last week and you had to establish the run, which didn't happen and they got behind and they tried throwing the ball a little too much. And that was uh, a byproduct. Again, like I was mentioning with the defense, not doing anything. Like, how do you have literally... Kendrick Green and then by by all means I must preface this once again with this is not defending Matt Canada I want a clean house with both coordinators right now Yeah yeah me too and, yeah and, and, and I, I
1: don't like... I'm so I'm so pissed at Canada I haven't been able to really like explain my feelings towards <laughs> Terrell Austin but the yeah. defense are at the top of my shit list as well because hey guys the running and running back screen that's what's coming RB screen please stop it they they're so unmotivated they look slow they look like they don't care it's and it comes look back out to position. coaching
0: Yeah, they always look out of position. And I was good with Austin coming in and being a position coach. But now you're two years into this now, too. And you had Keith Butler as the scapegoat. And somebody on here is going to comment and they're going to say, well, Tomlin's a defensive guy. And, you know, Tomlin, yeah, Tomlin's the head of all this. This has got to change. Tomlin's in
1: trouble, too. We only have so long on the show. You know, everybody is in trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally um, right where I was going to go because – the hell yeah changes. And Mike Totman was quoted as saying, hold on, I have it. I have it here on. Um, he was asked in the post-game press conference if he would contemplate making any changes or if it's still too early. And here we are. We're, I'm usually the guy It's like, okay, we're only four games in like let's not panic and i'm not full on panic mode yet because i realize the buys on the horizon i'm totally pissed off that the ravens get to play possibly play another backup quarterback they got dorian thompson robinson or whatever robinson thompson what's his name from ucla yesterday with the cleveland browns yeah um who i like but that's his first start The guys just thrown out there they had to elevate pj walker wasn't with the team in the off season and um the Ravens that's a whole other like rant because they got to play Trubisky last year too whatever they played like Ben or even Kenny you see things are different but Tomlin says regarding Uh, change regarding hell. Yeah. We have to make some changes, man. That was, that was an ugly product that we put out there today. So we're not going to do the same things and hope for a different outcome. What those changes are, man, we'll put together a plan and preparation this week. Well, you got a short week with a lot of injuries that we're going to go over here. You're going to probably have a backup quarterback that's in. Those changes, I think, in a bye week, I mean, it's uncharacteristic to the Steelers, but we've seen Omar Khan, a brand new GM, and it really his first full year in that role do some uncharacteristic uncharacter- things already. He moved up in the draft. He moved on from Chase Claypool, who was told to stay home with the Chicago Bears. They had the writing on the wall and, like, totally hosed the team for a draft pick that, that ends up being Joey Porter Jr., and we're talking about names that should probably be on the field. Those are some of the hell yeah changes. You need Broderick Jones in there as a the left tackle. You need Joey Porter Jr. to finally get in there. I'm tired of seeing Levi Wallace beat easily. Levi Wallace is good as far as like depth and whatnot, but you're not going to convince me to have him there as a starter. You can't leave Patrick Peterson out as your, who's your number one. It sure as hell isn't Levi Wallace and it isn't like whatever, 35 yeah, years Peterson's old. Yeah, Peterson's playing like Peterson. shit too. Yeah. If
1: Peterson's playing like a 37-year-old cornerback right now. And he, we, need, we need more out of that guy. Be, he was supposed to be a big part of this defense and a, a big help to this defense, and he's playing like trash. And Levi Wallace gets by by stat padding. You know, a lot of people say TJ Watt stat pads, and no, dude, Levi Wallace is a, a infamous stat pad, right? But what would I tell you? Two picks in one game the other day had people thinking, oh, maybe he's not that bad. No, he is that bad. He's no, continuously yeah. beat on tape. As is Peterson. The whole secondary is in a state of just it's exploding. Like, I I don't know how else to put it. You know, Minka, they're misusing him. I feel like we've rewound back to, I think it was Minka's second year here. For whatever reason, they stopped using him the way they used him his first year as kind of a deep safety uh, roam around the secondary and use your ball skills and your instincts to get the ball to, okay, we need you down closer to the box. We need you to be more of an every affect every play kind of guy. And they, they learned that that wasn't a good role for him because there's one season Minka has here where I think he got like one or two interceptions. Every, every other year he's done really well um, on the stat sheet because they have him in the deep safety roamer role. Well, they've been using him in this, this box role now and like closer down trying to make plays in the run game and, and it just they're misusing him. And it's like they forgot that they've done this before and it didn't work. So secondary needs fixed. Yeah, they got to start playing Joey Porter Jr. That That yes. is...
0: Uh, that's a hell yeah change for me. That's I've a hell yeah
1: easy there. change to make. Get him on yeah. the field. Every time he's on the field, good things happen.
0: Yeah, not not just Joey. I think Keanu Bett needs to be out there a lot more, especially with the injury to Cam Hayward. I understand you don't want rookies out there. There's criti- certain critical games. Um, they can make some ma- major mistakes, but this is so bad that... We've seen Tomlin do this. I mean, it took... How long for Cam Hayward to get a starting role? It was, let's start cleaning the house with these guys that suck. And unfortunately, it took some eight and eight seasons, and Steelers are still kind of in a rebuild. And will they actually, will Omar Khan, like I was was starting to diverge away from that with the Met Canada thing. Does, like, I don't care what Met Canada does against the Ravens next week. Will they have enough balls to just send this guy packing? You can't even demote him. You're going to have to fire him. And you either bring in somebody completely new, or you promote Mike Sullivan, who has experience as an offensive coordinator at the pro level. I mean, he worked with Josh Freeman and was able to get like a 4,000-yard passing season out of him. He was able to get some of Eli Manning's best years out of him. Uh, yeah, let's see it. I mean, he's worked with quarterbacks. Let's see him now work the other way. And then maybe these people call into the post game show, get their wish. They could get Charlie Batch to come. Charlie, you should be the OC, man. I, I, now, don't get me wrong. At this point, me and you might be able to do a little bit better with this, but <laughs> I'm like, um, just you know, thankfully this game wasn't the Disney Plus game with the Toy Story overlays and whatever, because it would have been even. At least we would have been able to look at the flying saucers and go, whoa! <laughs> like there would have been nothing else going on. But hell yeah, it changes. I don't think Tomlin's gonna move on from Terrell awesome but what the hell is going on? Like you were saying, Mika as one of his best seasons, but Terrell Austin like worked with the secondary. They used to have two different coaches in the secondary. I don't understand what is going on back there anymore. Patrick Peterson, he'd be fine if he's a corner too. I think we said this at the beginning of the season. You can't rely on him as, as a corner one. They basically just stay on their sides of the field. We know that Levi Wallace isn't Cam Sutton and he can't like sink back and play like a safety role. And I don't know that Peterson has the same kind of speed. I think that's what they were looking maybe to do with Peterson. He's used him a little more sparingly. Ask me who the nickel corner is, because I don't know. Are they ever on the field? Maybe maybe Shannon Sullivan makes some plays. I know Desmond King's been returning kicks and hasn't been actually out there out there. Uh, so what other, can you put King out there and get him more involved in, in, in this? I mean, he's primarily a slot corner guy, so I don't know how much more of a difference that ends up making. The inside linebackers, you've got to have it along the, I saw this with the defensive line too, and I meant to say this with the defensive blame, and we didn't get to say it. You got Kendrick Green that's out there who is a complete bum with the Steelers and he's making plays. He ends up getting hurt in this game, but they got guys. They like literally signed off the street. And you mean to tell me a TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith can't get to the quarterback. And why are we only sending those guys? Why? I like I see these other teams send like a DB blitz. Of course, the one time the Steelers do it last week, Minka Fitzpatrick gets dinged for a bullshit penalty call. We'll get to the officiating later when it comes to this game too. So... Like, there are definitely problems on the defensive side of the ball. Containing the run has been a problem for a little while here. What do you do to fix it at this point? I'm not really sure. I don't think they would fire Austin, but I, I would hope that Con, like, you may as well just do it. Like, could you do it this week? You got, I mean, more than likely, you know, you're going to have Mitch Trubisky as the, as the next guy up, right? Jump right into the quarterback conversation with this too. Just change it now screw it. You know what I mean? But I doubt it. We haven't heard anything yet. You got to usually make those changes. You usually hear them on Mondays. So there's some things that they could alter. They could change. There's some players that all of the rookie class, other than the younger, the other Herbig brother who can still get some more playing time. They should all be out there. They should all be like, I I guarantee you what's going to end up happening. we talk about the injuries piling up. I know it's going to remind me to come back to it because I guarantee you, I know what's going to happen next with that. But the next quarterback up, you've got some people talking about Well, could Mason play ahead of Mitch Trubisky? No, they just didn't extend Mitch Trubisky and have him listed as quarterback two on the depth chart and have him come in. Of course, Mason was the emergency quarterback. I don't think they're going to entertain that this week. They're going to allow Mitch to go out there. They're going to game plan around him, which probably means he'll run the ball a lot more. Whether they do that effectively or not against the Ravens, probably not. Ravens are going to put eight in the box with zero pass rush that they have for the most part. And they're just going to do what they did to the Browns and just, you know, dare this guy to make throws that he's probably not going to make. And that's going to be the game plan there. So the next quarterback up is definitely going to be Trubisky. And you're one play away from him getting smacked around if, you know, by any chance they put Dan Moore back out there, James Daniels can't play, to Mason stepping on the field. And will they sign another guy to the practice squad and elevate them as a emergency-type quarterback? You had Tanner Morgan in the preseason or whatever else. You know, that, that leads me to one other thing, dude. The Arizona Cardinals are supposed to be tanking. They're doing a terrible job at it with Josh Dobbs, who they just grabbed. He was with the Cleveland Browns. They just grabbed him from thin air and threw him out on the field. And they, they their offense is so much better. And everybody's going to be like, well, see, the Steelers made the mistake. Well, Dobbs bounced around. The Browns didn't see any value in keeping him. The Jaguars didn't. Trevor Lawrence didn't see any value in keeping him Connor well, Connor's been banged up again even this season already yeah it's an easy but, connection yeah, make to make points. there's been a lot
1: of like changing of the guard of, of Josh Jobs since he left you yeah. have to think like outside of the box not just like oh Josh Jobs I wish we would have kept him that was never in the plans to keep Josh Dobbs. they they've since brought in many quarterbacks since him so yeah. he's far gone from being a stealer at this point I get how people are doing that being like oh we should have kept him with how things are going it's like you could say you could say that about pretty much anybody that ever leaves the steelers and has any kind of success
0: mhm yeah but more less, my point is is like coaching got him ready to play and they went out and beat the cowboys the week before and they didn't just beat them in some tight like you know what the steelers beat the browns with two defensive touchdown type performance yeah they, yeah we're making it very offense. hard here
1: that that that's apparent i think my old thing is uh, you know i'm aware that we got the bye week coming up And we're still alive in the AFC North and Kenny's coming back, which is great because whether people want to hear it or not losing Kenny for the rest of the year would have been worse than getting to see him come back and try to do something. Because as I tried to explain earlier in the show, he hasn't played enough in the eyes of the Steelers. I'm sure for them to just move on next year, if he didn't come back to play and coming back to play is beneficial for the Steelers and for us as fans, because we need to see if he's going to play like dog shit or if he's going to be able to somehow recapture like the Kenny we saw in preseason and the one we saw to close out his rookie season. Mm-hmm. If he's able to do that, we'll all feel better about him. So I'm aware of those things, but it's more like yesterday just felt like the straw that like it broke the camel's back because it's like we're living in Groundhog's Day. Like, yeah, it, I, I love that we're alive every year, somewhat in a sense, alive, but it's just not a sustainable way to win football games or win championships in this league. Like theoretically could they scratch and claw their way still this year to like the seventh seed. Yeah, definitely. The AFC isn't as like strong as we thought, but there's just something that doesn't, I just, that doesn't do it for me. Like it used to like, it may be because subconsciously I just, I see the bigger problems at hand, you know, like it's, say they are able to make it to the playoffs. It's like putting a Band-Aid over, over a, a missing limb. You know, it's like that. if they're able to do something and make it to the playoffs, I have half a mind to think it's going to be credit to the defense and just the ball bouncing our way a few times. They're not going to just become this high-powered juggernaut overnight. And that's really why this loss felt so much worse than, than other ones that we've had, because just I'm just so sick of it happening. And I, I know it's early and I know they can recapture or they can try to recapture good positioning in the AFC. I mean, they were the freaking two seed in the AFC playoffs rolling into Sunday, but now they are viewed as one of the worst teams in the NFL. I laugh it's just, at that, it's, anyway. It's crazy how week to week that this league is. And it's just, it's a sad state of affairs right now. So um, I don't really know like how else to put it, but I know we're still alive, but it's just, it's, It's deeper than that. There's, like, more problems than that.
0: There is, and, I mean, one is I wouldn't be able to trust Mitch Trubisky to lead this team for another, how many more games were left? 13? Like, that just, people were saying, well, he didn't have a chance, whatever. Dude's had, like, 55 starts in the NFL, and we we know who he is. He got a chance
1: yesterday, almost threw a pick right away
0: oh my goodness dude and like i i often wonder about that too with like the next quarterback up type thing i was starting to mention that with zach wilson and aaron Rodgers, and i'm like does kenny pick up like any habits or tendencies it's like oh you got trubisky there to kind of mentor him and it's like is that a good thing like is he picking up the happy feet thing is he picking up happy feet thing like i don't know like i I know those guys don't get enough reps in practice or whatever it's like i just i don't know i'm not sure I'm not sure where to go with that, to be completely honest. Um, I mean, we'll just see how it works. We'll we'll hope for the best. Yeah, going the whole year without any would be disastrous, and the team's probably good enough to still claw its way to 500 the way this schedule is structured, provided somebody can play some type of offense and throw the ball and deliver the ball maybe. Um, I guess that's where people think that they'd rather see Mason because we know he's got a nice deep ball. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Mason's going to do here either, because there's some of these like guys that just go unchecked at the offensive line. They're just going to crush it. Like Mason can't even get away from him, let alone uh, throw on the run. He's got a little bit of wheels on him, but he's not Kenny and or Mitch Trubisky as far as his mobility is concerned. So, um, you know, that kind of leads us to the other thing that's like Groundhog Day is injuries. Man, I'm so sick of injuries with this Steelers team we I mean we just talked about Kenny you lose your quarterback uh we talked about you know going back several years to Matt Canada it's been like this since 2019 but they didn't have a quarterback's coach so they bring Canada in and then move Canada to the OC to finally get rid of Randy Fickner and it's like this stuff is just like a cancer they haven't completely cut out or figured out uh bring someone from the college ranks don't promote someone internally or whatever be the case and I was going to say actually as part of that i'm like can you somebody call up the phone and see maybe byron Lefwitch is doing at least he has maybe a little bit of creativity and he just worked with bruce arians and tom brady and maybe he's got something to contribute and being a former dealer he's got to be like somewhere in the rolodex uh, in the contacts list of mike tomlin but uh, anyway with the injuries okay we got the quarterback you, you've you already got james daniels who sat set out dan moore now you're down two linemen hopefully you get at least one of them back maybe one doesn't return to being a starter and you get project jones in there full-time build some continuity you lost pat Fryermuth, and that one's like uh, to me that's a killer because it's gonna be uh darnell Washington, and it's going to be um, Connor Hayward to try and replace Pat Fryermuth. I was about to say, I, I saved it for this spot particularly. I'm willing to bet what happens this week is if Fryermuth's out any extended period of time, let's say he lands on IR, they're going to go and like re-sign Zach Gentry. And he's probably going to start over Darnell Washington, even though he hasn't been with the team for over a month. Because that's totally the style of this deal. So you're going to have Connor Hayward starting over him. He's not, he's not the si- prototypical size of a tight end and you're not gonna have washington just by himself i guess he was on the practice squad If rodney what's his name's even still around but i think he is he might but yeah i mean that guy's like and he's like a a, a guy getting like washington loot getting the wind knocked out of him a play away from playing like full time and it just i don't think i can do that so i'd like this concerns me too with the pat fryer deal and he just he gets hurt. He's not even that involved in the offense as he should be. It's just like just another piece of this puzzle. You already lost Deontay Johnson. You've been missing Cam Hayward. Marvin Leal, I think, got knocked out. Was it like concussion protocol or something with that? And I'm not even sure they know where they're playing him either. To get back to the Austin thing, did you see him line up on the edge? He was on the edge, and then he was also playing defensive line, like in Larry Ogan spot, and then he was playing instead of her big I'm just. I'm like, where do you want this guy? Like, that's another problem. Like this guy's second year in the league, right? Like give him, give him a job. Like yeah, this there's is too your many job.
1: ifs and where's and buts and whens yeah. on the Steelers roster. Just the whole roster is like that. You know, it's just full of these guys that they have potential. And if coached the right way and, and schemed up the right way, they can be impact players for the Steelers. But we just can't see it come to fruition
0: yeah it's i don't know man it's 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 troubling i'm hoping that they can get the health they got one more game like the ravens just played like a brutal freaking game against the browns so like that's something they got to come to pittsburgh so they have two on the road that's something that could possibly help the steelers but they're not going to be able to go three and out on offense and expect to contain the ravens who've had their own injury problems they're eventually going to they chipped away at the browns eventually is what happened and containing Lamar for all of that. You haven't given me any reason to believe that the way this team has played, I mean, they weren't able to get to C.J. Stroud. Like, that was the whole thing. They got backup offensive linemen, and with T.J. and Highsmith even, you still couldn't get to C.J. Stroud? Like, that is extremely disappointing. They got some quarterback hits, but the Texans had just as many, if not more, on Kenny. Some of those self- it was not stupid. No excuse.
1: Yeah. No excuse. You got to blame the players for that. And the coaches for not getting them ready because yeah, they should have CJ Stroud like should have been taken out of the game for concern that he was going to get hurt. Like that's how it should have gone yesterday because with the Steelers front and how their defense was built up for the beginning of the season and how they had done, like there's no reason why they should have gotten to CJ Stroud multiple times yesterday. It was a complete failure and it, I don't want people to think that I'm just like calling it quits on the season. Cause I'm going to watch, obviously and I'm going to cheer along and I'm going to hope for the best. Why in large part, I want Kenny to come back because I've seen what everyone else has seen. I know he's played bad, but at least when you get your first round pick franchise to be rookie cor- not rookie, but quarterback back, you have this like, hope and belief as naive as it can be that maybe he'll click back into place and we'll, we'll get rolling here. You don't have that hope with freaking Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. And I got news for the tank crowd. The Steelers would never tank. They're not ever going to do that. So you got one of two choices here. Either they're going to try and they're going to end up like nine and eight and miss the playoffs with, with Mitch Trubisky and mediocre quarterback play, or they're going to somehow Kenny will play better and they'll get to like a playoff seed and maybe even win a game. Like that's that hope at least still exists if Kenny plays. If not, it's totally dashed. And I'm totally aware of how bad he's played this year. But it's just the it's the unknown and it's the belief that he still can do well. With Trubisky and Rudolph, you don't have that belief. They can't go out and get Colin Kaepernick or or Trevor Simeon, Joe Flacco. <laughs> None of these dudes are gonna make you feel any type of way no. or help us in any type of way. So no. um It isn't that I'm a Kenny apologist or that I don't see how poor he's performed, but you need him to come back to, to just give hope to this season that, that maybe things will, will get right again.
0: This team, you were talking about the attitude and like the, the vibe um, as far as the locker room and on the field and whether people lost confidence, they had no confidence in Mitch Trubisky last year. And as soon as Kenny came in, it provided a spark. Like, he's the leader. He's the guy. And he needs to be back on the field, hopefully sooner rather than later, because you see what's going on with Joe Burrow. Obviously, it's a huge component as to why the Bengals aren't doing well. And you risk the same thing. It's like they don't even have, like, a Mitch Trubisky kind of style backup or even a Mason Rudolph kind of backup. What do they have? Like, Jake Browning and somebody Jake else. Jake Browning. And and they've
1: like, got McCarron on the uh, practice oh, squad.
0: Yeah, they brought him back, and he didn't do so swell even in, like, where, where was he, XFL, USFL, both? Like he didn't impress me. He should have lit it up. He should have looked like Steve Young from the way people used to talk him up. Uh, but yeah, it's like now with them, it's like they can't even sit Burrow. You risk sitting Burrow and you're going to be as bad or worse than if you play a hurt Burrow. Same thing with Kenny Pickett. So hopefully, Kenny, it's not too serious. I'm going to tell you this my eyeball observation having knee injuries in the past and seeing other players, just the way he came off the field, they immediately ruled him out. So they, Like, they got to find out what's wrong with them, right? No problem with that. You don't want to risk any further injury, especially if it's something super serious. Maybe you can't put weight on it. But being a younger guy, I think he's going to – I don't think it was – we would know already if he was out for the season. So I think it'll be a shorter window, hopefully. It's just something, you know, it got tweaked.
1: Yeah, they have Um, a test they do literally on the field that checks your ACL. They know if you tear ACL right away. They, like, position their hands behind your knee and, like, give your leg a tug – and there's like something mm-hmm. about the give that your uh, your ligaments give behind your knee, like at the top of your calf, that they can tell if the ACL is intact or not.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Because your kneecap, trust me, will go in places it's not supposed to. Yeah, <laughs> outside or inside. The only difference with the ACL, MCL, and even to that fact, uh, Nick Chubb, I guess, actually got away with not having the worst case scenario too when it came to his knee injury. So uh, just hopefully the sports science with some of these guys. Um, they can come back a little quicker just to kind of put a wrap on this it wouldn't be a, uh, i guess one of our shows if we didn't bitch about officiating and i mean the steelers made their bed without it we knew at one point there's 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 definitely some momentum and some shifts in this game based on just some awful calls to be completely honest i mean one of them was right at the beginning of the game with Mika Fitzpatrick in a pass interference call that I couldn't see what the hell happened, and that resulted in the Texans just keep they keep extending. The defense was out there. How many plays was that actually run? Let me go back and look here real quick. I don't
1: know. I think um, they scored, air quotes, three times. So like they yeah. I mean, they got to third and goal. I think all three times maybe
0: uh let's see here they said 12 plays i'm not sure how many may have been negated by penalty here but it just kept going and going and going and going and that like wears you out right from the start too you know oh yeah yeah.
1: Steelers put themselves down there and i got into it on twitter with somebody about this and they could have just let them knock it down there i'm like yeah dude but penalties and red zone defense are a part of the game so like we we made our own bed but we'll take the help (laughs) like you don't have to give calls to the other team, you don't have to call stuff. that doesn't happen to make it worse on the Steelers. So, I mean, it's nothing new penalties, help teams all the time. They hurt them all the time, but like, yeah, the Steelers, they did it to themselves. But at the same time, it doesn't help getting the extra like salt in the wound from the refs.
0: Yeah. 3rd, 3rd and 10 or not, it would have been 3rd and 10 from the 10. With that, uh, without the Minka Fitzpatrick penalty, maybe they only kick a field goal. Maybe the game's a little closer. Yeah. And and then, of course, you know, um, Steelers tried to get cute with it on their drive. And, you know, Kenny moved around a little bit. They did get a first down on the first drive. Uh, third one, Kenny goes up the middle and then all of a sudden, Kenny gets sacked by Jerry Hughes right after that is the interception with Calvin Austin. And All of a sudden it's downhill because you're down seven, nothing. You have another nine plays that are run in this first quarter. So, uh, you're at 21 plays already for the defense. It wasn't quite a three and out, but it was still a turnover. I didn't have a problem with the long pass. I mean, going for it, everybody criticizes, well, why don't they try and pass on a first down or a second down or take a shot? And then they do. And then disaster strikes, you know what I mean? But the other part of this, too, was you had Pat Fryermuth on – I don't know where it was. It negated a first down. It was um, – Yeah, that was a trash call. They called
1: offensive pass interference.
0: Offensive pass interference. I'm trying to see if I could find –
1: It would have been a first down to uh, Pickens, I believe.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It was before – it was near the beginning of the third. Was it third quarter or was it second quarter? Oh yeah, because they had some opportunities here to change the way this this game was. It was thirteen nothing. to get the ball back, uh, right under on the opposite side of the two minute warning, but with all of their timeouts, and <clears throat> there was a defensive pass interference that was really bad with George Pickens and Shaq Griffin. And then uh, Pickett gets sacked. It's second and five. He gets sacked by Greenard or Grenard. They have to take one of their timeouts. Ends up being third and nine. Uh, there was a defensive offside, So you get back to third and four from the Steelers, 41. And then Friermuth is offensive pass interference. Pushing back 10 yards. So you're not even getting over midfield. And you have a 52-yard punt from Brad Wing. That's what you have to look forward to. 41 seconds. All right. They only have two timeouts. And you allow a field goal. Like that's just Dude, when that's... you break it
1: down like that, you can see there were opportunities and there were times the Steelers, mm-hmm. even right before Kenny's injury, there were times where they were starting to build a little something. But it's just unfortunate because that's that's the that's the world of sports and, and sports media is that you can't always get people to listen to that kind of reasoning, being like, "Man, we had something going for a second there, and then it was dashed." That's that's one of the issues with this Steelers team is that there's just no consistency there. It's 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 almost like too little, too late um it, it keeps people like ourselves on the hook and like we're able to see the good and the bad but if you're not able to execute and finish those drives and actually score then they mean nothing it sucks
0: yeah and instead i mean they should have gotten some points to get the ball back to start the second half beginning in the third quarter i mean it was a run Najee for 15 Najee for four uh, Naji, okay, loses one. Third and seven. A little pop pass to Kelvin Austin. He gains twelve. First down. Uh, another pop pass. Another little pass short. Uh, opposite side of the field. Now they switch fields. Find Austin again. Four yards. Okay, but it's second and ten. That allows Jalen Warren to burst through 18 yards, first down. Now you're up to Houston's 23, Najee for four yards. Najee again off the left side of the line this time, four yards. What's been working? Uh, Middle and left side of the line. So you go to go up the middle again. This time you bring in Jalen Warren and he loses two yards now it's fourth and four and you end up kicking a field goal and it's 16 to three instead of you know you could have maybe even at least got a field goal to end the half maybe you're looking down a touchdown and now it's only 13 to 10 and you've got the whole most the entire second half yet to go that really just you know, along with the fourth of one play that's later, just the, the the things they just couldn't get any rhythm or any momentum going on any of this, just the two field goals and pretty much in back to back drives because the defense actually does their job. They force an intentional grounding with C.J. Stroud, uh, with T.J. Watt breathing down his neck and they end up punting the ball away and the Steelers actually ended up getting it. <clears throat> right at the Houston's 46. They were right at back in the middle of the field. There, practically almost in field goal range. They just make like, and you see teams do this effortlessly and you saw the Texans do it, uh, at the end of the second quarter. I mean, it was a 42 yard pass to Nico Collins. Like those things are really inexcusable. It's why the defense needs to get fixed too. It's why everybody's PO'd on a Monday (laughs) back. I try to hold it in there, man. I, people said you're a lot calmer for a game like that it's like man it's it's tough to i can't get pissed off at everything like, it's you know not I mean?
1: it's not i'm not i am mad but i'm not yeah. mad. i'm disappointed yeah you know? it is weird it's like a calmness comes over me when things are going that bad but it's just because what what else can you do but sit there and take it man and yeah i was in a bad place yesterday like i said i was in the thanksgiving mindset so I'm. Um, i'm hopeful things will turn around But we had to give it to the people straight things, things haven't been looking good and, uh, it's an early season, but yeah, this is, there's a reason why this show and others I'm sure are all going to have a similar tone to them of impatience and panic. And what do we do now? Here's some of the positives here, are all the negatives. It's what you're going to deal with when you come out playing like that on Sunday.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, oh, just if some of these things could have went a little differently, there was a face mask. That wasn't called with Jalen Warren. I saw that. Yeah. You can call holding all day long, but if you find it hard to believe like no real holding penalties when you've got high Smith and TJ Watt out there, like there's just some things that, uh, befuddle my brain, but it's like just those couple mental lapses. Take one of those two back. Either make it's it's like so much went wrong yesterday,
1: man, that I'm sure. I came off this way to the listeners at times there, but I I really couldn't even organize my thoughts in a in a proper fashion here because you would say something that was like a buzzword in my head like oh yeah I want to bring this up or that or like oh yeah Canada mm-hmm. Patrick mm-hmm. Peterson Kenny Pickett Tomlin like it's it's it was a collection uh, it was team effort you know everybody sucked yesterday.
0: Uh yeah except for maybe brad wing and if he's the bright spot after having not played yeah. five years good job dude. <laughs> Good job. thank you for uh, that was those are the spots that i'm most like concerned about like this dude hasn't played in forever is he gonna have a whole bad hold on the field goals? no nah, they scored two field goals they got two of them at least. um but i get it like you know you didn't want to kick that 51 yarder there how much more are you going to keep inching 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 at least if you score a touchdown like get it right on the third down play. And then the fourth and one, of course, disaster ends up striking. But if you're at least able to the, the touchdown, it's a lot easier with the, if, if it keeps going back and forth, I should say, um, and you're able to win the field position game, you're going to be closer to kicking that other field goal. That probably ties the game. If you convert that fourth and one, and then can get a touchdown drive out of that. Unfortunately, they probably should have had it on the drive before as well. So, all right, man, gotta leave it where it is. Gotta put a bow on it. It's been enough. I'm, I'm surprised I'm not yelling and screaming and whatever. I don't expect any hell yeah changes before the Ravens. They gotta lick their wounds and just figure out who's gonna be filling in for some of these injured bodies. Then they get some rest. And hopefully the rest period here, It's we've got two weeks to correct all of these things. They did it last year. Of course, they got TJ Watt back in that frame. Maybe they get Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward's loss should not be understated. I mean, we talk about this guy as being like a, a, the second or third best defensive tackle in the entire NFL. And that's a large part of why they're having trouble start, stopping the run, too. Of course, yeah, they have that we, problem. We've got that there, to look forward to. Yeah. So hopefully, Deontay Johnson may be coming back. Maybe some of these things end up helping. But man, I'm not happy with the coordinators. And people are still going to be like, well, fire Tomlin. No, Tomlin's been around long enough. I've seen him win by. He beat Tom Brady with Mitch Trubisky and some grocery baggers playing in the secondary. Like Tomlin does some amazing things at certain times. How he allowed that call on fourth and one though, I cannot absolve. You can't tell me they call a timeout and then say, Oh yeah, let's run shotgun. This guy is such a student of football. I'm going to leave with this too. We haven't done like the bad take of the week type thing. There was somebody on one of the social media things that brought up the, the, the Terry Bradshaw cheerleader thing with Mike Tomlin again. And I absolutely have to mention it because it's like, well, this is what you get when you're best friends with the co- look. There's different coaching styles, right? And say Pete Carroll isn't the disciplinarian either. It's like I know Terry Bradshaw goes back to Chuck Knoll and Chuck Knoll chew him out and bench his ass and everything like that but where's, what's Bill Belichick doing these days? You know what I mean? Like he's the yeah, disciplinarian. I don't, think, I
1: don't think Tomlin and Canada are yeah. exactly buddies hanging out for drinks and bowling. That like, I, I really don't think they're that close, honestly.
0: Yeah, but it was more or less like it, Tomlin's more, of the, the, the players don't play as hard because you're not screaming at them 24 seven. don't fear on like the players. Like he's just their pal. And it's like, no, I'm like, it's not really working for Belichick. No, you're too much of
1: a dickhead. You end up like Sean Payton, dude. Sean Payton's got real problems in Denver. I'm telling you, like his method of coaching is like dated down the NFL. You can't bitch at these athletes. Today's athletes, you know, it's a little, it's a lot more give and take. And I think Sean Payton's finding that out in Denver right now.
0: Yep. You're absolutely right with that. And if you're just too much of a pompous ass, you don't last long at all, uh, at, at all. So you got to produce. Uh, we know we're waiting for Tomlin to produce some things. Let's hope the Steelers could just get healthy. It is a divisional game. They're usually played tight. We'll be talking about that later this week. Week five against Baltimore Ravens. But until then, my name's Joe. His name's Zach. Don't forget to like comment subscribe still city underground podcast wherever you're watching or listening we appreciate gins out there and just try and hold it all together <laughs> go Steelers! yeah here we go <laughs> here we go down the toilet drain or something <laughs> so until uh, next time we encourage everyone out there to oh get my pen out be safe be good we'll catch you later